It's big announcement time. Drum roll, please. We are going on tour. Just, 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 yeah. Northern News, live around the north. Of course it's around the north. We're not doing any southern dates on this tour. No way. We are going to the big ones, our big ones in the north. We're going Sheffield. 23rd of June. We're going Hull. 26th of June. We're going Leeds. 27th of June. And we're rounding it off in Manchester. On the 28th of June. What a week. Oh, my God. I, we've done some live shows yeah. in Edinburgh and London. And we love them so much. They are so much fun. We do little fun headlines. There's slides, there's visuals. Oh, it's brilliant. We can't wait to do it and we can't wait to see you there. We'll see you in person. You'll see us in person. You'll see our faces. You'll <laughs> see whatever attempt at merch I've cobbled together in a shed. <laughs> so get your tickets now for the Northern News live tour at plosive.co.uk. That is P-L-O-S. I-V-E-C-O.uk. We're going to get chunked out of our beans. Let's do it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Northern News, a podcast with me, Ian Smith. And Amy Gledhill. I'm from a lovely little place called Hull. And I'm from the thinking man's pontefract, Ghoul. And we've been living in London, much to our family's shame, for too long. So, we're going to be trawling the newspapers to find out all the stories we've missed from the North. This is Northern Northern News. News. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Northern News. That's the optimism I approach this podcast. I say everybody. I yeah. don't like the idea we've got one listener. <laughs> everybody to me feels like more than four. Yeah, you're right. If you were a service staff, like a waiter or something, mm. and you were going to a table of two, you'd say, would you like to follow me? But if there was a table of ten, you'd say, everybody, everybody, would you like yeah. to follow me? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So thank you for listening is what we're trying thank, to yeah, say. Thanks for it's, coming. We find it to be almost like a service, mm. not an emergency service, mm. more like pet grooming. Yeah. Like it needs to get done. Somebody yeah. needs to do it. Someone has to do this. And we're <laughs> the two people who are doing it. <laughs> Ian, what have you been up to, please? Well, I went to Hol- Holborn in London. Holborn. Is it Holborn? I think it's Holborn. Holborn. I'm talking about names. I booked a restaurant. This is like a long time ago. And then I got a call like later in the week, whatever, like, hello, this is Stephanie from Clos Majorie. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I, well, she's like, it's about a restaurant booking. I was like, I made a booking at Clos Maguire. <laughs> I thought the restaurant was called Clos Maguire. It was Clos Majorie. It's like a French place. <laughs> in my head, it's like some fucking Irish restaurant. <laughs> Coming over to Class Maguire. <laughs> but I went to Holborn Dining Room, which is known for its pies, Ooh. which is very northern. So I had pies, basically, and I yeah. thought, Plural. I don't want to hear about this. 
You had well, multiple pies? No, but there was other people in the party. Got you. And they had pies. So it was like, <laughs> we had pies. Thank you. Yep. I had yep. pie. And technically, <laughs> I had a suet pudding. Oh. And I thought it would be smaller. And I forget that suet pastry, it's dense. Very and it's dense. filling. Yeah. It's like dumpling, isn't it? It's like a big old dumpling. It's a big old dumpling. Big old dumpling with a big lot of beef cheek in it. Ooh. And it was rich. And I was I was full, but it was a lovely pie. And I felt like the other pies people had also seemed nice. Oh, good. They don't need me to advertise no. them. It's a bloody celebrity chef running this place. He's got a book out. Oh, he really? Doesn't, he doesn't need me to talk about him. Who's the celebrity chef? He doesn't need me to tell you. <laughs> um, Callum Franklin. He's basically the fucking pie guy. He just makes pies. They look beautiful. Okay. Yeah, and it was just... It sounds incredible. Yeah, I just think if you're a northerner, and you're in London, you're wanting to treat yourself, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have to go to one of these fancy French places at Pret-a-Manger or something like that. You're like, huh? like, you want to get somewhere that does your basic food. Yeah. Pies. I think pies are one of the few things that bridge the north and the south. Yeah. Get yourself to a London pie and eel gaff. Have you had an eel? No. Really? No. I wouldn't. Next podcast, bring an eel in. We we need we need an eel, and I need uh, simulating the menopause, menopause vest. vest. Yeah. All right. What have you been up to this week? Well, I similarly have done something quite cultured this week. I went to the mm. theatre. If you can believe oh, such a thing. Oh, oh yeah. Someone's up their own ass now. Oh, right up my own asshole. Thank you very much. I went to a matinee. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, very French. Very. <laughs> Martini? Where am I, what? What time? I went to see 2.22. Hang on, Amy. Go on. I didn't want to say this because I'd already had one story, but when my parents visited London, yeah. I went to see 2.22 Did with you? them. It's mm. a spooky play, isn't it? Yeah. Did you notice that the music in the scene transitions was like... Mm. And it like builds up this atmosphere and stuff like that. It's quite scary. But the fan in my bathroom has gone on the wonk oh, and it does the exact it's same it's gone on the wonk, not, gone it? on the wonk Ian. and uh, there's no you know usually you turn your bathroom light on and there's like a switch that turns your fan on or your fan off oh yeah i cannot find that bloody switch if there is one i think it's always just, on it's always on the lights on the fans on right but it's gone on the wonk and it's making the exact same noise as the spooky play oh. and now every time i go in it's freaking me out oh shit Theatre has ruined mm. my bathroom experience. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Can't get a bath now because I love a bath. It's the thing that relaxes me most, but... Yeah. Did the thing scare you? Did the play scare you? I wouldn't say it scared me, but what I will say, I couldn't tell whether I was being a bit dumb, but I didn't see the twist coming. Very good bit of theatre, that. What I would say I found quite funny in it. Yeah. Is like there's lots of like build up of tension. <laughs> yeah. And then like you're building up the tension. The play itself doesn't make you jump and go, yeah. ha! Like um, it's this kind of tension yeah. and the, and the uh, arguments uh, and the relationships. Uh. But so the way they get you to scare yeah. is they have this like red light around the rim of the stage. And every now and then you're just watching a play being like, <laughs> yeah, it's feeling a little bit tense. And then the lights come on and the noise goes, yeah. out of nowhere, like, yeah. It's a jump scare. Yeah, but you kind of think surely the jump scare has to come from what's happening. Because you could be watching Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And then if all of a sudden it went black and someone went, yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, Pride and Prejudice is scary, isn't it? It's like, no, it isn't. 
someone screaming at you out of nowhere is scary. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought, that made me laugh a little bit because I was just watching a play and then I, it basically like <laughs> if someone come up behind me and go, oh, I'm going to kill you. And I'd be like, ah! <laughs> like, and me go, fucking hell, this is a good play. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, I'm not part of the play. I'm yeah. just going to, I'm going to kill you. I think we should put some jump scares in this. Yeah. So yeah. as you're listening, we might just put in a few like, yeah, yeah. When you're least, when you're least expecting it, so I hope, I hope you're sitting down listening to this podcast. I hope you don't have it on in the background. <laughs> Just surgeons listen to podcasts. Surely not funny ones. Heart transplant. Then going, oh, time of death. Um, <laughs> time of death. Over well, 15 minutes into the podcast, um, started listening to the podcast at three. Ep ten. We're on ep ten. What's that? Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Amy. Yeah. What news have you found from the north? Well, I'm glad you've asked, actually. Mm. So because I've seen this spooky thing at the theatre, I've been on a bit of a spooky mission. Oh, yeah. And I've dug out some ghostly stories from the north. So I found what has been named the most haunted place in the UK. Bloody hell. Up north. Up north. This is coming from the Lancashire Telegraph. And it's in East Lancashire, the most haunted place. Oh, God. Do you want to give it a guess? What? The most haunted place yeah. in East Lancashire? In the, no, in the UK. It happens yeah, to be yeah, in yeah. East sorry, Lancashire, sorry, sorry. yeah. Bogmin. Yeah. No, it's not. Of course it's not. <laughs> For a second. Of course when it's not. Bogmin is like, in the south. Jesus. How have I done this? Bogmin. Uh, no. No, it's not. It's Pendle Hill. Pendle Hill? I would have said that second. It's Pendle Hill. So it's an outdoor place, which I find... Sort of fascinating, but I think of an old pub mm. or like a haunted old school or yeah. a cathedral or an old building. But this, no, 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 no. This is like basically just a big hill. It's a big, ha- it's a haunted hill. Really? Oh, a hill. Haunted hill. Why are you haunting a hill for? Well, I'll tell you exactly who's haunting it and why. Oh. The area is believed to be haunted by the spirits of the Pendle Witches who were tried in 1612 for the murders of 10 people by the use of witchcraft. Playing devil's advocate here. Oh, did they do it? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people get a lot of flack at the minute for killing witches because they'll be like, witchcraft isn't real. Yeah. But who killed these 10 people? That's what I'm saying. It's going to be difficult for me to actually find the facts right now. I don't want to be the man on the podcast saying that the witch killings weren't... (laughs) All I'm saying is, it sounds like we've got 10 people at the very least missing. <laughs> I think if, if they went missing in 1612, I hate to break this. I don't think they're going to be alive here. I'm so I mean, sorry. We don't the, know for sure. Pop the faces on a milk carton and try. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> Old black and Please. white milk carton. Have you seen this woman last seen? 1612. <laughs> I don't know. Doing a bit of raking in the garden. <laughs> I feel like we've got to do something. Yeah. We've got to do something. We can't know this information and not act. But I, I will say that from what I've read about witch burnings and stuff like that, yeah, they're often <laughs> they're often innocent. Yes, because they yeah. say if I was if you're burning a witch, yeah, they say yeah when a witch burns, and, yeah. I, and weirdly I've never heard about this happening. They've always just got it wrong. They've always eluded them the witches. But if you were to burn a witch, the witch would just shrug it off, kind of like I'm fucking bothered by fire, right. So that's why they're doing it. What? So you're saying there's never been a witch then? No, I would never say that. I'm saying they've never found one. (gasps) That the people they've accused of it have always very tragically been innocent. But I imagine watching the witch burning 
is a little devious little long-nosed woman going, Meh. What, an actual witch? Yeah, just going, I wouldn't burn if you set me on fire. Like that. Right, it's fascinating to know where you've got this, these facts from, Ian. Well, all I'm saying is, <laughs> they burn them, they face a consequence of being burned, a witch wouldn't. Right. So how do you know witches don't exist? Because they've never, they've never successfully burnt a witch. They've never found and had a witch. A woman go, well, this is awkward because yeah, I'm, this uh, this means nothing to me. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, but wouldn't you pretend? Oh yeah. Oh oh bloody hell! Ah. Hot mafting. I'm bloody mafting up oh, here. Oh, I'm so hot. Yeah. So the witches yeah. they're haunting the hill now. Yes, the twelve witches. Ten were executed by hanging. Those are hard to riff on, comedy-wise. <laughs> well, one was found not guilty. So oh. one was found not guilty. I wonder how. Oh. One was found not guilty. Just make you think about these other ten. Visitors have noticed an intense feeling of anger when exploring the grounds. So if you're visiting, watch out for the witches. Jump scare. Ah! Yeah. I'm maybe not intense, but I feel quite angry when I'm walking up a hill. So do I. Up a hill. Up a hill. Yeah, but but are you angry or are you surrounded by the ghosts of wronged innocent women? Mm. Well, that's what I I assumed anger, but now I realise that it's quite it's quite silly to assume that. Yeah. And what I should have been thinking is, let's not blame myself here for for having an emotional response. Let's blame women. From yeah. The past. <laughs> let's blame any women. Blame women from the from past. The past. You do right, lad. Can't live right. with them. Can't be haunted by them. <laughs> Named as the second spookiest place is Jamaica Inn in Cornwall, which I've been to. Oh. I wouldn't say I felt haunted. However, mm-hmm. the food was bad. And I did I did leave with a, yeah, I was a bit grumpy. The food wasn't bad. The food was fine. But it wasn't, you know. Maybe the chef is in that kitchen. Best chef on the planet, making this incredible food. They're putting yeah. out these incredible plates. Yeah. But something from plating to it around your table, some yeah. spectral interference yeah. has made it dog shit. It's women again, isn't it? I'm not saying it's women ghosts. I'm saying it could be lads doing that. <laughs> could be lads messing with the food. That one is haunted by a highwayman and a murdered smuggler. Ooh. There's a museum there, which because it talks a lot about like pirates and smugglers. And there's a museum... That's half about that and then half about, which I didn't realise, the writer of Jamaica and called Daphne de Maurier or something like that. Oh, I, I didn't realise that the museum was split in two. So I was like walking and looking at all this information about Daphne de Maurier and then I, and I was reading all this stuff about her and her writing, but then it switched to pirates and smugglers. Yeah. And I thought they were still talking about Daphne de Maurier. Gotta make that transition clear. And I was like, you? what the hell is she up to? She's <laughs> doing so well. She did what? <laughs> she became a human trafficker. I'm sorry, Daphne. I don't think your book was that bad. Yeah. You didn't need to do that. Write another lovely novel. But you don't become a people you trafficker. Don't no. You live off the royalties. <laughs> don't need that. So Jamaica Inn is a place. It's, it's a pub. Like a pub. It's a pub I... on Bod- Bodmin Moor, mm. which you oh, really, really identified. Weird. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is don't go up that hill. No, I'm saying go up. I, I like a bit of that sort of stuff. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I don't think I have. No. But suddenly you're walking down the street, walk down Oxford Street in London, you're seeing hundreds of people. How would I know one of them's not a ghost? What? One not of them so could be walking right. around with all the other people being like, none of these people have any idea. I died four months ago. Oh, my God, that's kind of spooky. Yeah. Ah! 
A little jump scare for you? That was nice, that was nice. That's me up, Pop. Hi, Amy. Yeah? I know that we didn't mean this to happen, but it's a scary episode and people oh. just got to deal with it. This is an article and it's in the whole Daily Mail, but it is about a couple who are more Manchester-based. Okay, okay. The headline is, Meet the real-life Adams family whose children see dead people. <gasps> so stressful, isn't it, to have a couple of kids seeing oh, dead people God, all the time. Oh, God, I'd hate that. Would you rather your children said that they saw dead people or wanted to join the Tory party? I think maybe dead people. Yeah. I think I'd maybe say to them, like, if you're not scared by them, yeah. stop mentioning them to me. <laughs> Because like, you got your kid in the corner going, like, um, Daddy, why aren't we putting a plate out for the man? And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, right, who's the fucking man at the table? Yeah. And she's like, there's a man with his head off and he's got his head in his hands. And you're like, Jesus Christ, now I know that's there. Also, what am I getting a plate out for? He doesn't have a head. Yeah. What, he's got to <laughs> f- feed his own head from his hands, shove it down his gullet like it's Fargo or something. Like... I've made chicken Kievs. Yeah. I think I'd find that stressful. But I'd also find it stressful, like, having a little, like, eight-year-old coming home and going, Daddy, there's too many immigrants. Yeah, that would be difficult. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, Start talking about dead people again, please. (laughs) What about you? Would you like a little haunted child? No, I send it back. (laughs) Where to? Back inside. I don't know. I'd need, I couldn't deal with that. I think I'd be really freaked out. Yeah. So I think it'd be better for everyone if it just went back inside. <laughs> I dare say that might be more disturbing. There's this free roll and you're it. like, sorry, get back in. <laughs> <laughs> Still going to be talking to you about dead people. It's going to sound a bit more muffled. That, that's fine, though. Yeah, yeah. Because children can be quite spooky, can't they? Because mm. they can, you know, have imaginary friends and things like that. And I think, again, quite susceptible. So if a child said to me, there's a woman in the corner, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, well, I'd have to move house like every week or I couldn't yeah. I couldn't just be like, no, it's okay. Something I would find really freaky is if like, I don't know if this is all made up, but you sometimes see in the news like a kid who's like got information about, yeah. Like so they'll be like, um, we're watching the news and some old clip will come up and your like, four-year-old kids will be like, oh, yeah, I remember World War II when we had to get in the shelters. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh Jesus Christ, come on. And then you'd be like, what do you remember about me? And you'd be like, oh, me and like, there was Malcolm and there was this person, this person, we were all in the shelters. And I'm like, fuck's sake. Like, how old were you? And then you, you're trying to, you're getting her the name that she's got. You're having to Google it and go like, oh, great. There's a woman called Margaret. She thinks she's Margaret. Margaret died the same day she was born. Uh, great. My daughter's a fucking 89-year-old woman <laughs> called Margaret with all these, like, memories. And you just think, what's the fucking point? You're saying it like this is such a common problem. <laughs> you're like, oh, once again, my child happens to be an 89-year-old woman called Margaret. It's God's sake. What's it good it's for? Annoying. And she's going to be wanting to go and visit her great grandkids. So then you got to get your four-year-old to go up to some like ten-year-old kid and be like, "You're right. This is going to be hard to believe, but <laughs> <laughs> this is your grand great grandma Margaret." <laughs> like it is. I'm telling you, it is. She remembers the fucking bombshell. She told me your names. Oh I found God. your mum and dad on Facebook. It's your grandma. <laughs> I'm like I don't want to deal with this, but you have a fucking word of her. Don't, don't put dog 
shit in your grandma's hair. <laughs> oh my God, play nice with your grandma. <laughs> Let your grandma go down the slide. <laughs> Feels like a hassle, doesn't it? It does feel like a hassle. <laughs> this family, they do a cult tours. They've even bought a hearse that they drive oh, around. I don't like these. Snow and Pebble love helping their parents' business. 32-year-old said of their superpower, we went to one venue with the girls to have a look around. When we were on our way back in the car, Snow asked us how many people were there with us. She said she saw a soldier wearing ragged clothes, a woman holding a girl's hand, and a teenager in the top bedroom. She said they all looked really tired, sad, and were just staring at her. You don't... Why do you want a kid who's like... is just giving you that. You're on your way home, you've had a lovely day out, and your kid's just going like, I think I saw four ghosts, and they're so sad. They're in a limbo between life and death and they're confused. What a horrible sadness it is for them. An unimaginable sadness, you might say. And you're like, <laughs> fucking hell. I was going to pull the hearse in the Mackie D's, get some nuggets on the way back. Now I feel fucking sad and I feel scared about dying and then just being trapped in a fucking limbo. It is quite a lot to take in, isn't it, on the way home? Yeah. It says here that it said, I googled the history of the building when we got home and she got the soldier spot on. She'll seen a woman holding a girl's hand yeah. and some teenager as well. If you say enough enough ghosts, one of them's going to be right. Yeah. And it's always, you've got your soldier, you've always got a little girl, a little boy, an yeah. old lady, a sad lady. They're your standard ghosts. They're your standard ghosts. Well, what did you see in the haunted house? I saw an old woman. And a, a young and an girl and a soldier. And a... You've literally said them all. Yeah. It takes guts to be specific <laughs> with your ghost. To go in and say, like, I saw a 32-year-old roofer called Malcolm. <laughs> In a high-vis jacket. <laughs> so if someone's died in a roofing accident, I'm fucking Bob on there. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Oh, Yorkshire puddings. And now it's time for our special guest. We're joined by Johnny or Jonathan Pelham, who is originally from Bradford, which has an average high of 15.7 in May and an average low of 7.2. Um, how do you feel about that, Johnny? <laughs> higher 15.2 in May. 15.7 in May, yeah. That it? Surely that gets higher in June or July or the hotter months. Why have you chosen May? What month would you like me <laughs> to choose? So maybe February. So if I go back, I can know what to expect climate-wise. Well, yeah, at best, 7.4. The record low, minus 13.3. Oof! Oh, my slur. God, that's so cold. Johnny, can you tell us a bit about Bradford? Did you did you like growing up in Bradford? Well, it's sort of a shithole, but I feel quite <laughs> fond of it. Like, it's sort of, it, I think, objective. It's always in, like, you know those, like, ten worst places to live in the UK? We're always, like, yeah. struggling. We're always aiming for, like, Champions League qualification in there. So we're always about, like, four or fifth <laughs> in the worst place to live. I'm quite fond of it. I think it's quite a fun little place to be. What's the best bit? 
I, I quite I like that it's very multicultural, which I'm a big fan of. Actually, yeah. you know, like I went to most people at my school were Asian and Muslim, and it was lovely to get to sort of hang out with people from different backgrounds. And I think it probably made me a more well-rounded, interesting person. Fucking hell! Imagine what you would have been like if you didn't go there. Then that's what I was thinking. Blimey! <laughs> I'd have been a real knuckle-dragging racist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any stories from Bradford? Are there any notable things that have gone on that you can share with us? Character-wise, there was a man called Jesus who used to just dress around. Well, I don't really know. He just used to walk around Bradford wearing like a robe. No one ever really knew why, but every now and then you'd see him and be like, Jesus is there, Jesus! And then he'd just sort of nod and walk on. Was there a chance that it was Jesus? If it was Jesus, he was putting it under his hat, which is maybe quite a Jesus-like thing to do, I suppose. Yes. Bradford Jesus man, Jeffrey Brindley. Oh. There's a full like, a Wikipedia page for the Jesus Man of Bradford. He was genuinely well known, like like, and, and he would. He was like a local sort of celeb, I guess. He was always across the road, and you'd be with people and be like, "Jesus is there," but I never actually talked to him at all. Jeffrey Brindley, as the local legend goes, gave up his job as a machinist to live in a cave near Settle in order to receive a message <laughs> from God. The thing about that, the thing about Wikipedia is, is it could be written by anyone. When you yeah. could have just written that now. I don't think I'd have come up with this. <laughs> What I was going to say, the, awesome, the funny thing that Bradford did was uh, they invested loads of money in, in getting the second largest water feature in Europe. But, like, it was so funny because Bradford's education system was destroyed. You know, the, the, the healthcare was awful. And their council decided to spend millions on a water feature. And they're not <laughs> even the biggest, like the second biggest. <laughs> Would it have been a lot more to make it the biggest? I can't remember the country, but I know it's in Eastern Europe, the biggest water feature, because I remember Googling it angrily. And also what I thought was <laughs> weird was in the promo, they promoted it as the second biggest in Europe rather than the biggest in the UK, which I would say the biggest in the UK is a better... Yeah. Because it's your number one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ian's just got a picture yeah. of it up so we can have a look. It is big. It is big. It's very big. Yeah, People playing in it, having fun. And there's a bit of Bradford, and ironically, you can only really see it when you're sat in a Weatherspoons. <laughs> but when, when that water feature's going, and then there's like the, the town hall behind it, and it's sunny, occasionally it does look like an absolute beautiful place to be. The, the tragedy that Bradford looks at is most beautiful while you're sat on a curry club day in Weatherspoons. There's something quite poetic yeah. about that, I think. Mm. Well, I was going to say I was once sat in a... Weatherspoons in Hull and some ducklings walked in. Oh, that's a lovely story. What happened yeah. to the ducklings? Well, they were quite quickly executed. Um, <laughs> going Hopped against in a pancake. <laughs> yeah. Straight into the kitchen. Oh, a lovely story. <laughs> a lovely story. How often do you go back to Bradford, Johnny? How often do you go back? I got my mind because I live in Manchester and my all my parents still live there due to sort of Bradford property prices never rising. Yeah. Uh, due to <laughs> the nicest place being a Weatherspoons. And so I go there relatively, I'd say like once a month. Oh, that's good. That's, that's much better yeah. than us. Yeah. I don't think I've been to Goal in, in 12 years. That's not true because I no. literally gave you a lift there. Yeah, yeah. Not so not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Caught out with a lie there. Any worse than Trump. I was having a little joke. You've got similar similar political ambitions, I hope. Because I'd yeah. love to see you, the sort of populist prime minister this country needs. Well, if this podcast does well, that's the platform I need yeah. to launch my uh, right wing political party. Oh dear, 
Oh, dear. You've got your wedge issue, isn't it, which is the North has been overlooked by the Southerners and how we, you know, Gould needs to be putting yourself back on the map. Bradford, yeah. why isn't Bradford a, a shining beacon of light? I think this is a good political campaign you've got for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Don't encourage this, please, Johnny Pelham. This isn't this isn't how I want this to go. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you like this to go, Emmy? Just like a nice thing for people to listen to when they're doing the washing up. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to be a right-wing political platform. If I'm I'm completely honest with everybody, I've never wanted that. I've never wanted it. You should have said that. We're like 12 episodes deep. Over the series, (laughs) these tensions are going to rise to the surface undoubtedly. (laughs) Ian's taking you on to a rally. Oh, no. How's this happened? Podcast studio full of placards. Oh, well, it's been lovely to chat to you, Johnny. And it's been fascinating to hear about this big water feature. It is massive. It's big. It was like the second biggest water feature when I was growing up, so like 10 years ago. So there is a chance there's been a bigger water feature. Oh, here we go. Right. (laughs) I see. The plot thickens. We'll have to fact check you like we do, Trump. And Ian. And Ian. (laughs) Uh, it's been really nice chatting to you, Johnny. Thanks so much for coming on Northern News. Thank you very much, Johnny. Goodbye, Johnny Pelham. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. Take your coat off to feel benefit. What's been happening in the hole? Well, oh, interestingly it's enough, it's not scary, but it does link on. It's almost like the spirits have come down for this episode oh, and linked us all God. up. Right, well, what I have found in Hull is a restaurant. We've talked about restaurants and we've talked about children. Mm. And this merges the two. The headline, I moved away from a crying baby at a fancy restaurant and the mum got upset. Now, this is, well, it's a tricky one because there is no right, there is no wrong, really. In life. In life Mm. itself. So basically, a couple have gone out, a couple who, I should point out, have children themselves. Okay. It's their first date in a long time, and they've gone to a fancy restaurant. Mm. You know, one of them Irish ones, like you said. Cross Maguire. Cross Maguire, something like that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The old Cross Maguire. The old Cross Maguire. And um, they've sat down, you know, it's the one night off, and a baby... A very recently newborn baby sat mm. on a table next to them. And they say, at first it was fine, but then it just started crying and crying and crying. And they say it was the exact noise they were trying to get away from. Well, what would you do in that situation? I don't know, because I, I do think the baby's you're, not you're eating this year. famously relaxed around kids, as you just said. What is the point in these kids telling yeah. me about these ghosts? I look, I put my hands up and say... I don't like it when a kid is telling me about their past life and I've got to research it and get in contact with the relatives for them. I find that stressful. But but an inverted commas normal kid, and what is normal? Yeah, crying is normal for a baby. But I would be thinking to myself, I've saved up this posh, perhaps Michelin-starred restaurant, and there's a fucking baby. The baby's not eating at the restaurant, surely. No. It's not like I'd... Like when you're ordering, go, and could the chefs liquidise some of this um, <laughs> Wagyu steak and like add a few carrots and stuff, give me a, like some baby food. The baby's just like there. Put a bit of madras in this bottle. Thank you. Madras baby. <laughs> and just like, I don't know what the kid's doing there. I understand if they can't get childcare, but you're just like, 
what are you getting from this restaurant yeah. experience? Yeah. I've had that at a gig in Edinburgh where babies come in and I've been like, I'm more than happy for you to bring in that baby. It's very sweet. Then when the baby starts crying, you're like, people can't hear yeah. my jokes now. Yeah. You've got to take the baby outside yeah. for a second. I apologise. Yeah. You've got to take it out. Yeah. So I do think I'd find that a bit irritating. Yeah. But what would you do in that situation? I'd sort of quite quietly get the waiter over and I'd say, can you remove that baby from the restaurant? Can you remove that baby? <laughs> I'd say, Gasson, Gasson, get that baby the fuck out of this restaurant. <laughs> Not even with its parents. No, no, just Can pop you it outside. Put that baby in the smoking area. <laughs> I think in, in reality, I would be annoyed, yeah. but I would be like, I guess that's just what this is. Yeah. But I would feel annoyed, especially because I don't got a lot of money. Oh. I've just put some money into an ISA. I can't touch that now. <laughs> I can't touch it until I'm 60. <laughs> until I'm 60, I buy a house. I don't know which one of them I'm oh, less likely God. to do. You're going to die of stress by the looks of it. <laughs> from these kids. Yeah, from these Telling you about their past kids. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I'd just have to sit there and take it, but I'd be like, I've spent a lot on this and it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Why, what would you do, Amy? I am pathetic and I'd probably do nothing. But what this person in the article did was call the waiter over and instead of removing the baby, said, can we move tables? I don't know if I think that's unreasonable. I don't know if, if I think that's unreasonable. to be like, yeah. look, this is a bit loud, Yeah. but how did they do it? Did they do it with good grace? Well, that's the thing. So they, they'd asked to move, but they, the mum of the crying baby overheard the couple talking to the waiter to say, can we move because the baby's crying? And the mum got upset and called the lady who's trying to move an asshole. Oh, the yeah, mum of they, the crying kid called... The, the the mum of the non non their kid yeah the one who moved an asshole yeah everyone in this situation should be like that's a bit annoying yeah. they surely can understand why I want to move it seems yeah. weird to be like uh stay near my crying kid <laughs> stay near it yeah I know I think the new mum was just like oh what assholes like making me feel bad for having my baby but but then the response to this article is like well. They shouldn't have brought this baby to the restaurant. And mm. I don't know how I feel about that because what are we saying? People with children shouldn't eat. But then should they go to fancy restaurants? And it, it's difficult. I've brought this to you in because I don't mm. know exactly how I feel. I don't, I don't think know what the right thing to do is. question, is it? Because, look, sure, let's start on a base level. I do think parents should be allowed to eat. I right. do think that. Okay. And I do think a parent deserves to have a lovely night off and go to a posh restaurant. Yeah. And you would like to think if you went with your kid, you're hoping your kid is quiet. And you're yeah. hoping your kid appreciates. This is fine dining. This is real good stuff. There's edible there's edible flowers on here. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a jus. Oh, Like yeah. um, there's a froth. There's a Ooh. foam. It, it's like this is good there's stuff. There's a foam. Oof. But this you can't, incredible. Can't say, you can't, you can't say, say to that. a kid like, you know, who can't speak or understand words yet, you try and explain the Michelin star system to a one-year-old. Or less, to a six-week-year-old. Six weeks, that's how old the kid was. Oh, I don't know, it says newborn. Yeah, when newborns, you just got no chance. They, they're they, not they going to understand they the concept care. and the care and the time and the skill that goes into getting a Michelin star. Mm. Because all the food they have is, is horrible shit. Like, it's like little breast mushy, milk. Or breast milk. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying breast milk's horrible shit. Thank you. But I don't think you can get a Michelin star for breast milk. 
How have we got to this, Ian? I'm please. sorry, you brought it up. Please, how have we got to this? Somebody in the comments, okay. Morgan, does say it's not a fancy restaurant if they let babies in. Oh. Interesting point there, Morgan. Another person, their response is babies cry. It's one of the few methods of communication they have. As a grown adult, shut up. Oh, fair enough. So I still, I've finished this article and I'm none the wiser what should happen and what shouldn't happen there. I don't know. Get in contact. So there you go. That's what's been going on in Hull. I hope, cock. I'll tell you what's going on in Gold. I'm going to give you another little guess. Uh-huh. Is it that non-league footballer Carl Colley attacks fan in the terraces? Is it local window cleaner Carl Colley attacks a customer after a pay dispute? Or is it local crystal shop owner Carl Colley attacks customer with rose quartz? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all three are really good options here. Mm. Well, footballers probably more likely to make the news. Mm-hmm. Um, window cleaner, I can totally imagine it because I've had a, a grumpy window cleaner in my time. They're grumpy people. If they're up a ladder washing windows, I'd be grumpy. Mm. Maybe it's the witches. Blame it on women from the past. Uh, and the third one, I love, I and I hope it is that somebody who owns a crystal shop, you know, maybe he's put his crystals in the wrong order, mm. sent his energy that sour yeah. does that happen yeah. and then he's attacked him with rose quartz I'm gonna have to go for the footballer it is the footballer oh, of course it is Amy of course it is you're not an idiot I'm not an idiot video is unfortunately no longer available this is like a video based article from um, the Metro a non-league footballer has been sacked by his club after charging onto the terraces to attack a fan ghoul captain Carl Colley's moment of madness comes captain. 19 years to the day since Eric Cantona, Kung Fu kicked a Crystal Palace supporter. <laughs> to the day. To the day. It sound like he's had it in his... Like yeah. somewhere before the game's gone, hey, do you know, 19 years ago today, Eric Cantona. <laughs> and he's just had it in his head and been the whole game thinking, I'd love to fucking attack her, <laughs> actually. And I love Cantona and he's an idol of mine and I think the only way I can respect his memory yeah. is by fucking someone up. Yeah. I think maybe he thought it was 20 years but did the maths wrong. Yeah, that's a 19 years, you're like, well, it's neither here nor there, is it? But 20, yeah. if it was the 20-year anniversary, you'd want to commemorate it. Yeah, if you, I think if your parents were having a huge party mm. for their 19th wedding anniversary, yeah. you'd just be like, are you two all right? Yeah. Um, so what happened? Collie had just been shown a red card in Gull's Evo mm. Stick South game at home to Colville <laughs> when he made a beeline for a dissenting fan appearing to throw a punch a hot-headed defender was eventually restrained by Gould staff, including the club's assistant manager, Curtis Woodhouse, the former Premier League player-turned-boxer. Oh, crikey. His assistant manager's a boxer. Curtis Woodhouse, my assistant manager, I'm like, I probably shouldn't punch anyone, otherwise Woodhouse is going to batter me. Yeah, yeah. But he just got a red card, so he's having a, he's having a bit of a shocker of a he's game. He's having a bad one. And I think a fan has probably said... You're having a bad one. Yeah, you're having a bad one, mate. Excuse me, you're having a bad one. Excuse me, Mr. Colley. <laughs> You're having a bad game. <laughs> You've got sent off and you can no longer be on the pitch. <laughs> Do you not realise you can't influence the game at all now? You're not allowed on the pitch. That red means you're off. That is so much more punchable. Yeah. There's one be like, you shit. Be like, yeah. um, actually, I think you're fine. Getting the red card means that you're off the pitch. You won't be allowed back on for the rest of the game. And then whatever happens, whether it's good or bad, will be nothing to do with you, Mr. Collie. <laughs> 
Mr. Collar, you must know that if it's a red card because it's an accumulation of two yellow card offences, you're banned for one match for the following game. But if, and what I believe has happened, this is a straight red card, that's a free game ban. You're a crucial defender in the team and that's free games where you're not going to be, you know, we've got two league games and a cup game that you're not eligible for anymore. Mr. Collie? Yeah, Mr. Collie! And he's just going, oh, is this job's worth? Nah! <sighs> yeah. Oh, um, God. Just say there's a Twitter account attributed to Collie and it later said, thanks for people's comments saying I do fancy around with them. Lol. Clearly these people don't know me or anything about me, but that's fine. I know one thing about you. She tried to punch a fan <laughs> in the face. Like, if you went around the corner and someone was having a shit in public and it's broad daylight, yeah. and they're also got a little trumpet in their mouth and they go, yeah. and they're having oh, yeah. a shit, you're going to, like, think of that person and be like, yeah, that guy, like, he's going to shit in the street and he fucking loves it. He couldn't even stop playing his trumpet, but he loves his trumpet so much. <laughs> And he's going to be like, you don't even know me. You don't know anything about me. Right? But that's all I've got to yeah, go on. Yeah, You're a yeah, trumpet yeah, playing yeah. shit your pants, man. Yeah. I, no, I don't know the the complex ins and outs of your psyche. Yeah. But I think you can read quite a lot from both situations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so looking at an incident, he, he was sacked straight after the game. This is one individual. He was sacked? Yeah, he's like not on the team anymore. Oh, the people in charge of the team... Goal secretary Andrew Morris said straight after the game he was sacked. Okay. This is a shame because we're a group of volunteers. It's disgusting oh. and embarrassing. Yeah, we are a family club. And in a family club. Family club. That's why Cool AFC is so shit. Because it's like the starting eleven is a mum and dad and two kids. <laughs> two five year olds playing. I'm not saying this is fair, but legally, like men and women can't play on the same team. We're probably getting a fine every single match yeah. for fielding ineligible players. Yeah, absolutely. Newborns, they're oh. on, crying. That's the heartwarming story about a footballer who punched That's a it. fan. There we go. Yes, there we go. Oh. Well, 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 we've done it. Another episode Another, in the bag. In the bag, in the tank, in the box, mm -hmm. on the cassette. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> for listening to this and putting up with some digressions that I think are mad. No. What? Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our guest, Johnny Pelham. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, Ian. Thank you, and thanks to you. Oh, that's nice. Would you do us a favour and go on Patreon and, like, you get to pay a little bit of money and you get loads of nice extra stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we sold it. We sold it. We sold it. Join us on Patreon. Or just stick around and listen to our next episode. Yeah, we ain't going nowhere. Thank you, bye. Bye. <laughs>